Tiny Tales and Joel Fagenbaum present Canadians. Picture a rural hospital. It's a slow night on the late shift until the doors fly open and 17-year-old Kay enters in a panic. I need help. Outside. Now! Kay directs ER nurse April and a gurney wheeling orderly to a pickup truck parked curbside. Bobby, Kay's boyfriend, drops the tailgate to reveal a reed-thin ten-year-old girl, a Jane Doe, unconscious. Shattered ribs poke out of her chest. There's blood everywhere. As the gurney wheels inside, Dr. Jensen rushes up and spots the teens trailing behind. Kay? Mom, don't flip. I know, we should have called an ambulance, but... Hold that thought. Jensen leans over to examine Jane Doe. I need vitals. Head and chest films. Stat. The gurney and Nurse April disappear into a nearby exam room. Who is she? No idea. What happened? Kay and Bobby exchange a nervous glance. The story they're about to spin and the truth are two very different things. We're driving. Yeah, driving. Back from... Megan's birthday party at her grandparents' farm. Moments ago, at Lover's Lane, Kay and Bobby, not driving, are parked way off the beaten track, making out in the back of his pickup truck. Buttons unbutton. They're so busy they don't notice. Something the size of a private jet streak over their heads and crash into a nearby field. The shockwave almost bounces the teens out of the truck. They sit up and see the impact crater. Buttoning buttons, they pile back into the front seat. The truck roars away. That's when we see the accident. Car accident? Yes. I don't know. We're just going down the road. Doing the speed limit. Bobby's truck was, in fact, doing 90. The headlights catch a badly injured Jane Doe as she staggers into the road. This girl comes out of nowhere right in front of us, face plants in the middle of the road, and... And we pull over to help. Bobby slams on the brakes. The truck wildly fishtails to a stop, an inch before crushing Jane Doe's motionless body. We had to move her to keep her safe, so I decide better not wait for an ambulance. Tell me I did the right thing. You did the right thing. Dr. Jensen can't help but spot Kay's lipstick all over Bobby's face. That ruby woo looks pretty on you, Kay. Bobby? Not so much. 
Inside the exam room, the heart monitor beeps erratically. Jane Doe's blood pressure is falling rapidly, her condition critical. Tried to stick her multiple times, can't find a vein. Not with that BP. Blood type? Negative. A neg? Negative, as in her blood didn't type A, B, or O. Then there's a glitch with the machine. Reset and run it again. What about those films? Should be up now. Jensen swings a monitor around. The skull x-rays look good. The full chest x-ray tells another story. One of multiple fractures. But it's what Jensen and the nurse don't see that is far more alarming. Where's her heart? In place of a heart are a half dozen complex organs that Dr. Jensen has never seen before. April backs away from the patient in alarm. Where the hell is her heart? Calm down, we have an EKG. Had the heart monitor flatlines, Jensen grabs the defibrillator and dials up a charge. Clear! Nurse April clears, in terror, right out of the exam room. Shock paddles in hand, Jensen studies the chest film before taking a wild guess on where to place them. Jane Doe's body convulses. Jensen dials up another charge and rolls Jane Doe onto her side, positioning the paddles on opposite sides of the mystery organs. One crisis averted, but Jensen knows the mangled ribs and massive blood loss mean Jane Doe is far from out of the woods. She hits the call button. April, back to exam one. Admissions nurse May enters instead. Nurse April is busy trying on a straitjacket. What? Thinks we got an ET in the ER. Jensen elbows the x-ray monitor away from Nurse May's view. Really? Like I said, April needs some serious meds. Jensen's daughter pokes her head through the curtains. Not a good time. I think the girl's parents just showed up. Jensen approaches Mom and Dad Doe in the lobby. Their appearance only confirms Jensen's suspicions. Reed thin, same exotic facial features, skin like purest alabaster. But their wardrobe overcompensates, too retro hayseed, like the couple in American Gothic. We believe our daughter was brought here. Yes, I uh, see the resemblance. How is she? Jensen chooses her next words carefully, trying to protect their alien identity from the prying ears of Nurse May. Stabilized. For now. But her injuries are extensive. I'm afraid I don't have the resources to treat her unique condition. They seem to get Jensen's drift. May we see her? Jensen hustles the parents toward the exam room, only to have May put on the brakes. I know we've got a situation, but there's a small matter of paperwork. I need to get your girl in the system. It can wait. Rules are rules. 
If looks could kill, the one Jensen gives May would land her on death row. You take care of my daughter. I'll take care of paperwork. Dr. Jensen ushers the mom inside the exam room and lifts the top dressing to reveal the extent of Jane's injuries. Couldn't find a vein to start fluids, let alone a transfusion. Probably a good thing. For all I know, I might have done her more harm than good. The mom reaches out and cups Jane's face in her hands. She closes her eyes and concentrates. There still may be time. At the admissions desk, May and Jane Doe's dad have reached an impasse. Hello? It's 2020. What do you mean you don't have health insurance? Where we come from, medical care is universal. Where exactly is that? He points his finger to the heavens. Canada. Well, this is Kansas. We no speak socialized medicine. May I see my daughter, please? I won't leave without paying. You have my word. He fixes May with a penetrating look, and May's eyes flutter. May isn't sure why, but he believes him. Dad Doe enters the exam room to find Dr. Jensen connecting a direct blood transfusion line between Mom and Jane. The EKG monitor indicates a strengthening heartbeat. Jane's shattered ribs slowly begin to retract into her chest. The moment they disappear inside, Jane's skin regenerates. In seconds, her gaping wound closes, good as new. Dad Doe squeezes Jane's hand, and her eyes flutter open. I have so many questions. As you've guessed, we are not from around here. Uh, yeah. As far as the accident, let's just say our little girl failed her first driving test. Dr. Jensen's daughter pokes her head into the room again. Mom? Really not a good time. Something big is going down out here. The sheriff, a whole bunch of men in black types, just thought you should know. You need to disappear fast. Can you disappear? We're advanced, not that advanced. But pretty good at speedy getaways. Dr. Jensen strides across the lobby toward Nurse April, who is still a hot mess and excitedly pointing out Jane's exam room to the sheriff and half a dozen government goons in dark suits and dark glasses. Evening, Doc. Seems we've got ourselves a situation. Oh? These men need to have a look at your accident victim. The one Kay and Bobby brought in. Are they doctors? Come on, Sarah, don't make me go there. Fine. Um, as soon as I have her stabilized. How long? You'll be the first to know. 
The goons sense Jensen is stalling and push past. Jensen chases after them, but they rush inside the exam room only to find it empty. A fire door bangs shut at the end of the hall. As the goon squad bursts outside, a helicopter zooms overhead. The chopper searchlight finds Mom, Dad, and Jane running away, superhumanly fast. Dr. Jensen and the sheriff exit the building in time to see a second helicopter swoop in from the opposite direction. The aliens can run, but there's nowhere to hide. Let them go! Suddenly, another searchlight, a thousand times brighter, lights up the world like high noon. An alien mothership hovers high above, making the helicopters look like mosquitoes. Before the goon squad can grab the aliens, Mom, Dad, and Jane ride a beam of energy up to the mothership and disappear inside. The next instant, the ship jumps to light speed with a deafening thunderclap and is gone. Huh. Don't see that every day. It's dawn, end of shift. Nurse May catches Dr. Jensen as she heads for the door and hands her an admission clipboard and a blood collection vial. With all the excitement, I didn't notice this on my desk until now. Maybe you can make some sense of it. Dr. Jensen flips through the admission pages and lifts the glass tube to study its contents. She smiles. Payment. For services rendered. In blood? I doubt that flies, even in Canada. Not blood. A cure. For what? If I'm reading his note right... Everything. Today's episode of Tiny Tales was written by Joel J. Fagenbaum and adapted for radio by Joel J. Fagenbaum and R.E. Rule. Voice talent provided by R.E. Rule, Gretchen Pilly, Joe Rule, Matthew Ferrandino, Brittany Green, Nathan Brown, and Frank Narot. Our guest actors are all wonderful artists. Please be sure to check out our show notes to learn more about their work. Music and production for Tiny Tales by Frank Narot. There will be no new episode next week, but 
We'll be back with Season 3 on November 16th. Visit our website, tinytalespodcast.com. Click Become a Patron and consider supporting us. For just $1 per month, you will help us continue bringing you Tiny Tales every Monday. Reach out and say hello at thetinytalespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>